My name's Roger and I'm one of the other Rogers that come to this congregation. Great to be with you this evening. Let me pray as we uh, consider Amos this evening. Father God, we thank you and praise you for your uh, grace towards us and we thank you for calling us together this evening. We pray that you would open our ears as we listen to this book of Amos. In Jesus' name, amen. Now in a moment, we're going to have a dramatic reading of Amos and I'm really looking forward to it. I've had a sneak preview earlier and it's fantastic. And it's a great opportunity just to hear God's word read all together, all the chapters of Amos at once. But I must warn you, Amos is not an easy book. It should really have an MA rating for violence and adult themes. Uh, it's, it's pretty tough. And in the coming weeks, we're going to unpack Amos and have a look at it a bit further and understand it, how it works. But tonight, just as we come into Amos, I just want to s suggest that there may be some reasons you might feel ob like objecting to what's going on. Now, you may be comfortable with what it says, but there might be some reasons you might feel um, that you might want to object to what's being said in Amos. And some of the reasons include the fact that the times that Amos lived in were very, very different to the world that we experience here in Newtown. Uh, in Amos's world, uh, people believed in transcendent beings. Uh, whether it be God or someone else, they believed that there was someone out there who shaped and formed the universe. And basically, if you didn't follow that form and shape, if you didn't understand the moral laws as set down by that transcendent being, you could expect to find trouble. Basically, the world was shaped in such a way that you would expect that you would receive judgment if you didn't follow the laws and rules of that transcendent being. Now, of course, there's many people in our world who still live that way, uh, in many, many countries, but within Newtown, that's a fairly unusual idea. Uh, we, we believe things a little bit differently in our Western way of thinking very often. We tend to view the world, and this is kind of a broad brushstroke look at it, um, as a being something that we determine ourselves. Um, each person has the right to determine what their lives look like. Uh, we follow the natural order of things. So we leave out the transcendent, and instead of trying to shape our desires and our thoughts to the transcendent, we try and shape our thoughts and desires to what we think is most natural and the most obvious to do. So that means there's a clash of worldviews just as we read this uh, in terms of what's taking place. Because Amos is about a transcendent God speaking in and saying, you ought, to, you ought to behave this way and you're under my judgment. It might make us feel very uncomfortable. The second problem we often have with books like Amos is that they're used in ways that are not particularly nuanced. Uh, just this week I had someone ring me uh, and say to me, that the hurricane, Hurricane Isaac, in, uh, that was bearing down on New Orleans, was a result of God's punishment on New Orleans. They went on to explain that it was seven years since Katrina, and therefore it was some kind of biblical number that related to the fact that God's judgment was coming. 
And because New Orleans hadn't responded in the way that God wanted them to, God was sending another hurricane. Now, you might get that impression when you listen to Amos, that that's the way God is working now and here. But I I think we need to be a little bit more nuanced than that. And over the coming weeks, we're going to unpack that a little bit further um, and think about those kinds of issues. But you might be tempted to think that when you hear these words. Well, I encourage you not to, because I don't think that's what Amos is about. The other thing that's really quite difficult about Amos is that God acts violently in judgment against people. And as you hear it, you will feel greatly uncomfortable with the way that God is acting. Now, there's a whole lot to be said about that and a whole lot of uh, thinking that we need to do about that, which I want to do in the coming weeks. So you really need to come back and others want to do in the coming weeks. I'm not going to try and help you work that one out tonight, but come in the coming weeks and we'll start to sort that out together because I think it's important to try and think through what is actually taking place and how it impacts our lives. Well, I want to hand over to the guys who are reading dramatically for us this evening. And at the end of it, I want to come back and reflect a little bit on what we lose if we don't take home the message of Amos with us this evening. The words of Amos, one of the shepherds of Tekoa. What he saw concerning Israel two years before the earthquake when Isaiah was king of Judah and Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, was king of Israel. He said, The Lord roars from Zion and thunders from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds dry up and the top of Carmel withers. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Damascus, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. Because she threshed Gilead with sledges having iron teeth. I will send fire upon the house of Hazael that will consume the fortresses of Ben-Hadad. I will break down the gate of Damascus. I will destroy the king who is in the valley of Avon and the one who holds the scepter in Beth Eden. The people of Aram will go into exile to Kerr, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Gaza, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. Because she took captive whole communities and sold them to Edom. I will send fire upon the walls of Gaza that will destroy her fortresses. I will destroy the king of Ashdod and the one who holds the scepter in Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron until all the Philistines are dead, says the sovereign Lord. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Tyre, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. Because she sold whole communities captive to Edom. I will send fire upon the walls of Tyre that will destroy her fortresses. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Edom, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. 
because he pursued his brother with a sword. He pursued his brother with a sword, stifling all compassion because his anger raged continually and his fury flamed unchecked. I will send fire upon Taman that will consume the fortresses of Bozra. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Ammon, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. Because he ripped open the pregnant women of Gilead in order to extend his borders. I will set fire to the walls of Rabbah that will consume her fortresses. Amid war cries on the day of battle, amid violent winds on a stormy day, her king will go into exile. He and his officials together, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Moab, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. Because he burned as if to lime the bones of Edom's king. I will send fire upon Moab that will consume the fortresses of Kerioth. Moab will go down in great tumult amid war cries and the blast of the trumpet. I will destroy her ruler and kill all her officials with him, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Judah, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. Because they have rejected the law of the Lord and have not kept his decrees. Because they've been led astray by false gods, the gods their ancestors followed. I will send fire upon Judah that will consume the fortresses of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Israel, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. They sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample the heads of the poor as upon the dust of the ground and deny justice to the oppressed. Father and son use the same girl and so profane my holy name. They lie down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge. In the house of their God, they drink wine taken as fines. I destroyed the Amorite before them, though he was strong as the cedars and tall as the oaks. I destroyed his, his fruit above and his roots below. I brought you up out of Egypt and led you 40 years in the desert to give you the land of the Amorites. I also raised up from among you prophets from among your sons and Nazarites from among your young men. Is this not true, people of Israel? declares the Lord. But you made the Nazarites drink wine and commanded the prophets not to prophesy. Now then, I will crush you as a cart crushes when loaded with grain. The swift will not escape, the strong will not muster their strength, and the warrior 
will not save his life. The archer will not stand his ground. The fleet-footed soldier will not escape. And the horseman will not, will not save his life. Even the bravest warriors will flee naked on that day, declares the Lord. Hear this word the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family I brought out of Egypt. You only have I chosen of all the families of the earth, therefore I will punish you for your sins. Do two walk together unless agreed to do so? Does a lion roar in the thicket when he has no prey? Does he growl in his den when he has caught nothing? Does a bird fall into a trap when no snare has been set? Does a trap spring up from the ground when it has nothing to catch? When a trumpet sounds in a city, do not the people tremble? When disaster comes to a city, has not the Lord caused it? Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophet. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Proclaim to the fortresses of Ashdod and to the fortresses of Egypt. Assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria. See the great unrest within her and oppression among her people. They do not know how to do right, declares the Lord, who hoard, plunder and loot their fortresses. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. An enemy will overrun the land. He will pull down your strongholds and plunder your fortresses. This is what the Lord says. As a shepherd removes from a lion's mouth only two leg bones or a piece of an ear, so will the Israelites be saved. Those in Samaria on the edge of their bed or Damascus their couches. Hear this and testify against the house of Jacob, says the Lord, the Lord God Almighty. On the day I will punish the Israelites for their sin, the I will destroy the altars of Bethel. The horns of the altar will be cut off and fall to the ground. I will tear down the winter houses along with the summer houses. The houses adorned with ivory will be demolished and the mansions will be destroyed, declares the Lord. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan on Mount Samaria, you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy, and say to your husbands, bring us some drinks. The sovereign Lord has sworn by his holiness, the time will surely come when you will be taken away with hooks, the last of you with fish hooks. You will each go straight out through the breaches and the walls, and you will be cast out towards Harmon, declares the Lord. Go to Bethel and sin. Go to Gilgal and sin yet more. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three years, and burn leavened bread and boast about your free will offerings. Brag about it, you Israelites. For this is what you love to do, declares the sovereign Lord. I gave you empty stomachs in every city and a lack of bread in every town. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I withheld rain from you when the harvest was yet three months away. I sent rain on one town and withheld it from another. One field had rain, another had none and dried up. People staggered from town to town and could not get enough to drink, but you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Many times I struck your gardens and vineyards. 
I destroyed them with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured your fig and olive trees. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I sent plagues among you, as I did to Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword, along with your captured horses. I filled your camps with the stench of your nostrils. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You were like burning sticks snatched from the fire, yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what I will do to you, Israel. And because I will do this to you, Israel, prepare to meet your God. He who forms the mountains, who creates the wind, and who reveals his thoughts to man, who turns dawn to darkness and treads on the high places of the earth, the Lord God Almighty is his name. Hear this word, Israel, this lament I take up concerning you. Fallen is virgin Israel, never to rise again. Deserted in her own land with no one to lift her up. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The city that marches out a thousand strong for Israel will have only a hundred left. The city that marches out with a hundred strong will have only ten left. This is what the Lord says to the house of Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel, do not go to Gilgal, do not journey to Bathsheba. For Gilgal will surely go into exile, and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the house of Joseph like a fire. It will devour, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. You who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground, he who made the Pleiades and Orion, who turns blackness into dawn, who turns dark day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. He flashes destruction on the stronghold and brings the fortified city to ruin. You hate the one who reproves in court and despise him who tells the truth. You trample on the poor and refuse to give him grain. Therefore, though you have built high stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great are your sins. You oppress the righteous and take bribes. You deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent man keeps quiet in such times. For these times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you as you say he is. Hate evil. Love good. Maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty may have mercy on the remnants of Joseph. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the Lord God Almighty says. There will be a wailing 
in all the streets and the cries of anguish in every public square. The farmers will be summoned to weep and the mourners will wail. There will be a wailing in all the vineyards. For I will pass through your midst, says the Lord. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion to meet a bear. As though he entered his house and rested his hand on a wall, only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light? Pitch dark without a ray of brightness? I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I cannot accept them. Though you bring me choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river. Let righteousness like an ever-failing stream. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings for 40 years in the desert, O house of Israel? You have lifted up the shrine of your kings and the pedestal of your idols, and the star of your God, which you created for yourself. Therefore I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is God Almighty. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and who feel secure on Mount Samaria. You notable men of the foremost nation to whom the people of Israel come, go to Kalma and look at it. Go from there to Great Hanath and then go down to Gath and Samaria. Are they any better than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? You put off the evil day and bring near a reign of terror. You lie on beds adorned with ivory and lounge on couches. You dine on choice lambs and fatted calves. You strum away at your harps like David and improvise with musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest lotions. But you do not grieve the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, you will be the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. The sovereign Lord has sworn by himself. The Lord God Almighty declares, I abhor the pride of Jacob and detest his fortresses. I will deliver up the city and everything in it. If ten men are left in one house, they too will die. And if the relative who comes in to carry the bodies away to be burned asks anyone who may be hiding there, is anyone with you? And he says, no, then he will go on to say, hush, we must not mention the name of the Lord. For the Lord has given the command and the great house will be smashed to pieces and the small house into bits. Do horses run on the rocky crags? 
does one plough there with oxen? But you have turned justice into poison, and the fruits of righteousness into bitterness. You who rejoice at the conquest of Lodabar and say, Did we not take Haranaim by our own strength? For the Lord God Almighty declares, I will raise up a, ha- a nation against you, Israel, that will oppress you all the way from Lebohama to the valley of the Arabah. This is what the sovereign Lord showed me. He was preparing swarms of locusts after the king's share had been harvested and just as the second crop was coming up. And after they had stripped the land clean, I cried out, Sovereign Lord, forgive! How can Jacob survive? He is so small. And so the Lord relented. This will not happen, he said. And this is what the Sovereign Lord showed me. The Sovereign Lord was calling for judgment by fire. It dried up the great deep and devoured the land. And then I cried out, Sovereign Lord, I beg you, stop! How can Jacob survive? He is so small. And so he relented. This will not happen either, the Lord said. And this is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. He said to me, Amos, what do you see? A plumb line? I said. Well, look here, I will set a plumb line among my people, Israel. I will spare them no longer. The high places of Isaac will be destroyed, and the sanctuaries of Israel will be ruined. And with my sword, I will rise against the house of Jeroboam. And then the priest from Bethel, called Amaziah, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words. For this is what they are saying. Jeroboam will die by the sword. And Israel will surely go into exile away from her native land. So then Jeroboam said to Amos, Get out, you seer! Go back to Judah. Earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. Don't prophesy anymore at Bethel. For this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. And Amos replied, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd. (laughs) And I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me from tending my flock and said, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. You say, stop prophesying against Israel and stop preaching against the house of Isaac. Well, then hear the word of the Lord. (laughs) Because this is what the sovereign Lord says. Your wife will become a prostitute in the city and your sons and daughters will fall by the sword. Your land will be measured and divided up and you yourself will die in a pagan country and Israel will certainly be sent into exile away from her native land. 
This is what the Sovereign Lord showed me. A basket of ripe fruit. What do you see, Amos? A basket of ripe fruit? Well, I tell you this. The time is ripe for my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. On that day, the songs of the temple will turn into wailing. Many, many bodies flung everywhere. Silence. So hear this, you who trample the needy and do away with the poor of the land. Saying things like, when will the new moon be over that we may sell grain and the Sabbath be ended that we may market the wheat? Skimping the measure, boosting the price, cheating with dishonest scales. Selling the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. And selling even the sweepings with the wheat. The Lord your God has sworn by the pride of Jacob, I will not forget anything that they have done. Will not the land tremble for this and all who are in it mourn? The whole land will rise like the Nile. It will be stirred up and sink like the river Egypt. In that day, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and I will bring darkness over the whole earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious feasts into mourning, your singing into weeping, I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. And this time will be like the morning for an only son. And at the end of it, a bitter day. In that day, declares the Lord, I will bring famine through the land. And not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. Men will scatter from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. The lovely young women and strong young men will faint from thirst. They who swear by the shame of Samaria or say, Oh, surely as your God lives, Dan, or surely as the God of Beersheba lives, they will fall, never to rise again. I saw the Lord standing by the altar and he said, strike the tops of the pillars and make the threshold shake. Bring them down on the heads of the people and those who are left, I'll kill by the sword. No one will get away. None will escape. Though they dig down to the depths of the grave, from there my hands will take them. Though they climb up to the heavens, from there I will bring them down. Though they hide themselves on the top of Carmel, from there I will hunt them down and seize them. And though they try to hide in the depths of the sea, I will command the serpent to bite them. And though they are driven into exile by their enemies, I will command the sword to slay them. I will keep my eye on them for evil and not for good. The Lord the Lord Almighty, he who touches the earth and it melts.
and all who live in it mourn. The whole land rises like the Nile and sinks like the river Egypt. And he who builds his lofty palace in the heavens but sets its foundation on the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land, the Lord is his name. Are not you Israelites the same to me as the Cushites, declares the Lord? Did I not bring Israel up from Egypt, the Philistines from Kaphtor, and the Aramaeans from Kerr? Surely the eyes of the sovereign Lord are on his sinful kingdom. I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet, I will not totally destroy the descendants of Jacob. For I will give the command, and I will shake the house of Israel among all the nations like grain is shaken in a sieve, and not a pebble will fall to the ground. All the sinners among my people will die by the sword, All of those who say, disaster will not overtake or meet us. In that day, I will restore David's fallen shelter. I will repair its broken walls. I will restore its ruins. I will rebuild it to what it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all of the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord, who will do these things. The days are coming declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all of the hills, and I will bring my people Israel back from exile. They will rebuild their ruined cities. They will plant vineyards and drink their wines. They will make gardens and eat their fruit, and I will plant my people Israel in a land never to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord, your God. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has roared from Zion and from Jerusalem. And as hard as it is to listen to the Lord roaring, it reminds us of the depth of our own sinfulness and of the holiness of God and what he demands from his people the way they should treat one another, the way they should treat the world around them, and the way that they should treat him. Amos reminds us and confronts us with the reality that our hearts are dark and that God is holy. Romans 3 puts it like this, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. And as we understand the depth of God's anger against those who have not kept his standards, we then can understand and more deeply appreciate what Jesus has done on the cross. You might remember that scene at the Mount of Olives. Jesus goes there with his disciples and he falls and prays. And he says to his father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, yours be done. That cup is the cup of judgment 
That cup is the cup of God's wrath and anger sent in our direction but willingly drunk by Jesus in his death on the cross on our behalf. Brothers and sisters, as we understand the depth of God's anger in Amos, we delight in the beauty of his grace on the cross.